What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio, transmitting from the future free state of Greater Idaho. I am the one armed madman. And from the badlands of southern Montana, it's Nolan5150. What's up, man? Ah, got a got a little trim on the old locks today. I was pretty nervous. You got a what? A, a haircut. <laughs> oh shit, dude! The last time I've went to the barber, the last two times I've went to the barber, man, I've gotten just butchered. I the the beard really fucked me. Mm. Like the hair, whatever. Yeah, like. You can do whatever to the hair. I can't grow long hair anymore because I can't pull it back. Yeah. So I have to have short hair. Otherwise, I'd have hair long like yours, you know. <laughs> but it's just impossible to sleep with if you can't put it at, back. But, uh, yeah, I don't even remember where I was the going with that. Oh, yeah, the beard. the beard trim. Yeah, dude, he freaking gutted me on the sides. Uh-huh. So it turned into this, like, straight just... It, it looked so bad. I got out and like I had him do a mohawk because I was going to Black Label Society concert. And dude, it was sideways and it was just all <laughs> fucked up. I had to shave my head and it took like, I ain't even joking, probably six months for my beard to fill back out. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's how a lot of good beards die. For the most part, yeah. I trim my own beard, but uh, I tell everybody all the time, uh, like like guys hit me up for beard grooming advice and i'm like less is more man just a little bit at a time because you know you get a little you get a little antsy and the next thing you know uh, you look like a fucking pedo and you gotta shave it all off yep dude the last time i cut mine it was like down to like here yeah and i just i just got out of the shower one day and i was like fuck this and i just pulled it down straight like that and took some scissors and just yank. Yep. And took like six or eight inches off of it, off the bottom. Yeah. I, I've gone <laughs> not to, off the top. I, <laughs> I've uh, I've had my beard like touched up a couple times from uh, barber shops, and every time it's just like you said. For some goddamn reason, it's like <laughs> one one big tip I would give is if you're getting your beard trimmed. Make sure that the person that's trimming it has a fucking beard of their own, <laughs> so they know what they're no working shit, with, right? Right. But every time and it's just I like like they it's super short on the cheeks, and the, and like what I don't know who taught you to do this, but I don't like it. Yeah, dude, I get like two bad spots on my beard, like right down in here where you, where you go from like your neck into your. I get these like big wings ah, that yeah, just. Yeah start growing out and they're tough to get. Like if you go in too far, you take out too much. It's tough. And you don't know when to do it. Like do you do it while it's wet or while it's dry, you know, because while it's wet, shit gets, shit looks a little bit different oh, when it's yeah. wet than when it's dry. <laughs> Preach. You cut that shit when it's wet and then it dries out and it's like eh, up on one side and you're like, Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just had to take a little off the side the other day. Cause I, I got out of the shower. I was like, Jesus, this is like an inch longer than the rest of it. And that's honestly the best way to do it. Like, just fucking let it grow. And then when you see parts that are fucking not symmetrical or growing out a little bit funky, you just give it a little... It's like a, it's like a goddamn bonsai tree, okay? Yeah. Yeah. 
it's tough to do with one hand. You start trying to get the left side oh. with the right hand. Yeah. And you, there's like trying to trying to pull it aside and like hold it with the hold it with with the stump and like oh uh, yeah. It, I I get scared doing it every time. Like you said, it gets freaking scary every time. And then if you're doing it at the barbershop, you're like wa- trying to watch well, everything right. the guy's doing, even though you can't see anything. Like they make sure and turn you away from the mirror so you can't backseat drive them. <laughs> right. Dude, the last place I went to here in Billings, um, I'm not going to name them because I don't want to, like, not that anybody's Fuck them, name them. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, it was all said and done, and I looked in the mirror, and the chick that was trimming my beard oh, was like, move. she's like, so what do you think? And I gave it the old, I was like, well, that's a good thing about hair. It grows back, right? Here's your tip. <laughs> Dude, I can't even, like, I'm such a pushover that I don't even, like, inspect closely when it's done. Because it's, like, it's done already. Yeah. What am I going to do? It's like, like <laughs> have you add more hair back to the places you fucked up? Uh, yeah. So I just wait until I get home. Right. You know, it's like, what am I going to do? Argue with you. I'm either going to come back or I'm not. You know, I haven't gone... There was one place that I went to. I went to this, uh, like, I don't know, he's a Middle Eastern guy in Boise, and he was fucking good. He lined me up good, did the beard good, but he charged me like 150 bucks to do the hair and the beard. Damn. Which is no no joke. Yeah, it, well, <laughs> if you're charging that much, you better fucking do a goddamn good job. Yeah, that was the nice thing about living in the city is, like, no matter who you're hooked up with, like, whatever group you're floating with or wherever you're working, there's always some chick going to cosmetology school or like failed out of cosmetology school. So there's always someone around to cut your hair. Yeah, you know, right. <laughs> there was this chick that used to work at Johnny Carino's. Remember that bar I used to work at that uh-huh. restaurant? Why would I even call it a bar? There was this chick that used to cut hair and, uh, she was smoking hot and I wanted to bang her or something fierce. And she was like, will you let me dye your hair? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I don't, you know, whatever you want. And, uh, yeah. dude, she had these big old double D's and she just rock your head back and you're like, ah, yeah. The good old days. Yeah. I, I believe one of your coworkers there was, I think the second time I got propositioned to be a male stripper. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't remember. It was some, some server, it was her daughter's birthday and she, I was in there scoring some of the free salad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No shit. Did you do it? No. I should have. Why not? Plus, you should have done it. I I never had the body for that shit. I was in my prime. (laughs) I could have magic mic'd the shit out of that. Oh, yeah, dude. I had the arms for it, but I never had the the rest was just lacking, (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) So I started the, I started the fucking, um, the room today. I uh, so I've had a couple. I, I'm turning my dining room into a into a bedroom with a bathroom in it. So I've had like today was my third contractor to come in, and uh, the first guy came in and he gave me a uh, he bid it at thirteen thousand dollars without the without the plumbing. Hmm. And I'm like Jesus Christ! I can't. I you know. I'm just not going to spend 13000 So I start doing some math. I'm like, all right, how long is this going to take this fucking guy? I look around. I go, this can't take him more than 40 hours. Let's call it 40 hours. 
I think that's uh you know a fair assessment of how long it's going to take. How much is thirteen thousand for you? It came out he was charging like two hundred and forty dollars an hour mm. or some bullshit like that. So I I look up like what's the the average wage of a handyman national, and it's like I think it was six between sixty and one hundred and twenty or something like yeah. that, which great average, you know. And uh, so I, I text him back. I'm like, yeah, man, dude, at 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 these prices, you're charging double the national the national average. And he goes, well, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want somebody. And this snake, he was trying to fuck me. He uh, he comes in, he bids the job. He's like, all right, I'll send you the bid. Give me your email. And uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I, maybe I had given him. I don't think I'd even given him my email yet. So he's like, I'll I'll send you over the bid. So the next day he texts me, he's like, Hey man, I can start on that thing today if you want me to. Yep. And I'm like, you haven't sent me your bid yet. Yep. He's like, Oh yeah. Uh, well, why don't you send me your email? I'm like, yeah, fuck you. And you know, I'm in a bit, I'm in a hurry. I, I got to decide if I'm going to take your job or this other job, you know, yep. so I don't want to get fucked over. So I, I need you to let me know. It's like, yeah, dude, how about you tell me how much you're going to charge me first? Right, and give me a now, fucking I had this itemized, other guy. itemized breakdown of what cost Dude, what. I was just going to... So I, I bought a hot tub, and I'm putting a hot tub in, in the back, so I got two projects going right now. I had one guy come over and bid cutting a foot off of my deck and pouring a 7 by 7 by 6 inch, 4 inch concrete slab. And he bids it at $2,900. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, man? <laughs> And uh, he didn't itemize it. And I'm like, let me see an itemized bill on this shit, dude. And so he itemized it down, and he was going to charge me $850 to remove a foot of Redwood deck. <laughs> so I was just like, fuck that. You know, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. This sounds way too high. So I'm, like, talking to him on the phone. And I'm trying to, like, get off the phone with him because I just don't want to argue with this guy. He's overcharging me. And he just moved here from Washington, which was funny. And, uh, he goes, uh, I, I tell him like, yeah, man, I'm not, I'm not paying that much. That's just too much. I had another guy bid the concrete and he was going to charge me, you know, 800 for just the concrete, you know, this is wild. And he's like, well, that's just the market. I'm like, how the fuck do you know what the market is? You just fucking moved here. Tell me what the market is in my state. Kiss my ass. So I ended up getting a Mexican out here to do it for 500 bucks. (laughs) Everything, the entire fucking thing, yeah, five hundred bucks. Nice. That's the market yeah. trying to triple charge. Not more than that. I mean, shit, three grand. Yeah, I mean, he's he's six. He's charging me six times what this Mexican, and it's a concrete slab. I mean, oh, you get what you pay for. It's like it's concrete. And it's got a hot tub on top of it. What the fuck does it, how neat, like, nice does it need to be? <laughs> yeah. As long as it doesn't sink into my backyard, I think we're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways, I, I, after that first guy came over, I decided, fuck this. I'm just going to, I've done drywall and shit before. I've built a couple walls in my day. I can do this by myself. I'll just do the whole fucking thing. And then I got a call back from one of the other contractors that I and I talked to, and I I called called him back, and he's like, "Yeah, let me come over and take a look at it. We'll get it done for cheap." And he came by today, and I decided to do the demo. Bad move, bad move. <laughs> I uh, I think uh, you know the thought is I'll do the demo, save myself a little bit of money. You know, I'm going to do the floor, I'm going to do the painting, 
you know, shit like that. I, yeah. I can, I can do the demo. He goes, he takes it. He comes in. He goes, why'd you remove so much drywall? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so me cutting out all like doing the, doing the uh, demo is going to cost me more than it saved me. I think because yeah. now he's got to put in all the extra drywall that I took out like an idiot. And you know, I, I start ripping and tearing. I'm standing there looking at everything. I'm like, God damn, dude. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, and like my one of my tenants is a and is, is an electrician. He's like, yeah, I'll help you with it. I want to learn how to do this type of shit. And they were in, and he makes a mistake right off the bat. And I'm like, fuck. And, uh, you know, I, like it, it wasn't his fault. Like I didn't explain what, you know, and, and I'm trying to like calm him down about it. I was like, it's fine. Dude, don't worry about it. And then I start tearing more drywall <laughs> out after that. So it's like, dude, if we would have stopped at your mistake, we'd have been a whole lot better off. than you just told me to fucking get off the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm a hundred dollars in on a, on a drywall saw. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I did too much fucking demo. So. That's what I get for trying to save money. Right? <laughs> I mean, the shitty part is, is like, if I had somebody here who like knew what they were doing, they'd just be like, oh, you, you'd go here. You're going to cut that. You're going to build your wall like from here. Then I'd be like, all right, now I know what, like now I can do that. Yeah. You know, now I know it. But dude, just looking at it, sitting there by myself, I'm like, man. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then I'm now I'm exhausted too because I ripped and teared on that shit all day. I dropped a piece of drywall from a top corner. I was trying to pull a nail out without getting on the stool and just comes crashing down, hits me right in the fucking forehead. <laughs> now it feels like I got punched in the head. <laughs> oh, fuck. I got a big fucking welt on my forehead. <laughs> Beautiful. But I don't know. Hopefully, sounds like this guy should be able to do the job for... A price that I'm willing to pay. Yeah, that's that's that. You know, I. That's the big thing about uh, finding contractors. Same thing with like finding, you know, hiring a mechanic or any kind of stuff like that. Uh, that's why you're supposed to get multiple bids. You know, you you get yeah two, three, four. If you're still not happy, get five or six bids until you find a contractor that sounds like they know what they're talking about and. As a reasonable price, that's all you really can do. Yeah, and I think I might have fucked myself a little bit, too. So he asked me, like, you know, probably like 20 minutes after he'd been here, he's like, how long you lived here? And I was like, eight years. And he goes, oh, really? And he, like, changed, like, he was nice before anyways, but it, like, whoa, like, changed his tune a little bit. And I was like, oh, yeah, my phone number. He's like, yeah, your phone number says you're San Francisco. And he goes, uh-huh. he goes a lot of contractors up here are taking advantage of people who just moved here. Exactly. You know, they just yeah. moved here. They go, fuck you. Yep. You just stole my kid's house. You know, I'm going to charge you up the ass and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about anyways. So that could have been part of it. I mean, unfortunately it's their right to do that. And there's a lot of people that have no idea what they're doing and they just take the first bid that comes, comes along and they're like, yeah, okay, cool. And, um, uh, that, that's huge. Sounds, uh, totally accurate with people, locals taking advantage of, uh, implants, uh, transplants or whatever, you know? Yeah. I've, but, I've and, dealt with but it. But the, the weird part was the one guy who had just moved here. 
and then tried to rip somebody off right after he moved here. Like, don't you think that's just such a snake move? It pissed me off. Like, I've still got his number, and I'm going to send him a picture of the pad and the bill. <laughs> just because. Like, fuck you, man. Well, don't come here, move to my fucking state, and then tell me it's the market. Like, you set the fucking market. Like, you know what you're talking about, and you're just going to, oh, it's just the market. Sorry, market. We're like, dude, I know about the market. I know the market better than you do, motherfucker. All right? What do you yeah. think I've been doing sitting here for the last eight years, learning the fucking markets and shit? Like, <laughs> tell me. That set me, that, like, set my libertarian fucking autism off through the fucking like dude like i was nice to him until he said that and i was like and then i just what the fuck and i just went nuts i was so mad it just like i was all good and then you had to jump into my domain right. and then and at that point it was done don't tell me you don't move here and set the market motherfucker that's yeah, not yeah, how yeah, it yeah. works you adjust to the market in your area you don't fucking import your market i tell you Washington, what the market is you, you don't tell me motherfucker. exactly <laughs> yeah and you know what's going to tell you what the market is when you're sitting at home next week <laughs> not working while this mexican's over here cleaning fucking house <laughs> Uh, and they wonder, and they wonder why, you know, why we're not shutting the borders down. You know, why don't they shut down the borders? Yeah, because white people don't want to work. Look at me; I'm doing everything possible in my in my fucking limited ability to earn to not work for the rest of my life. Yeah, and you know, I, I that's not who I would have been without you know getting hurt. But it's I mean, I've always would have love to just sit at home like i i always thought it was funny like i remember right after i moved here uh my neighbor was like man don't you get bored and i was like fuck no what are you talking about and he's like don't you want to go back and i'm like are you fucking kidding me no i don't want to go back to work you fucking crazy what's wrong with you <laughs> Uh, the, so those the, uh, both those contractors set off like the the top two red flags for uh, any contractor situation, number one, not not giving you an itemized uh, estimate, and that's what I always love. It's an estimate for yep. a reason. This is a ballpark of what we think we're gonna have to deal with. It goes up. It should, you know, it goes up a lot. But you know, in in my uh, with jobs I do, I, I'll actually be like, you know, this is a middle ground of what I think we're gonna encounter. If it ends up being a cakewalk, I will knock off a couple hundred bucks or whatever if it ends up being a breeze. But uh, that and then the uh, uh, market value statement, those two red flags back to back should just be like, okay, thanks. I'll call you. Don't call See me. Ya. <laughs> thanks. Yep. Nice to nice to know you. Yeah. Nice. Nice to meet you. Oh, man. Talk. This reminds me of. <laughs> so I go into the pharmacy this week to go pick up a prescription. And they hired this new girl recently. Uh, she was there the last time I was there. And she was like punk rock looking. She had, you know, like tattoos on her arms and shit, which, you know, I don't give a fuck. I'm punk rock. If I could afford tattoos on my arms, I'd have fucking tattoos on my arms. But uh, she was so dumb, she couldn't find my fucking prescriptions. I stood there for like 10 minutes and she oh, 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 refused to ask somebody because she didn't want to look like a fucking idiot, even though they could all see what was going mm -hmm. on. And I was waiting for another one anyway. So finally, I was like, you know what? I'll just come back tomorrow. And I just fucking peaced out. 
So I go back yesterday and she's working the front and dude, between this week and last week, holy shit. She's wearing like bright pink and purple eyeshadow that is like a fucking raccoon drag queen. <laughs> and then she has shaved the entire side of her head, which, you know, is a style like, yeah, yeah whatever like I, I you know i don't think it looks great all the time like some chicks pull it off but you know it's a style oh, yeah. Yeah. i could be okay with that oh, yeah. but the the weirdest part was she had one piece of hair still here like a like a jew curl mm-hmm. going down from her from the side of her ear so bald jew curl <laughs> and she kept fucking twirling with it and shit and i'm just like holy <laughs> fucking shit what is wrong with you people? Uh, uh, I can I can tell like, I can you... I can picture that scenario so vividly in my mind <laughs> of you just like, like getting oh triggered, just like ah, <laughs> uh, and it's like how could you hire this? How could when she came into work today? How could you just be like, hey, look, you know, I I get it, but you know. There's some makeup removal and some hair clippers on on aisle four. I'll see you in a few minutes. Yeah, like this is not happening. Like, okay, yeah, you, you tattoos and the hair, oh, whatever. But that thing and those, I, dude, she looked like she looked like she should be making fucking TikTok videos about gender. <laughs> <laughs> and her name was Brand, like Brandy, but without the I or the Y. Yeah. So it's like. Hey everybody, my name is Brand, and I'm your local Albertsons uh, prescription filler. And I uh, I had a problem today. Um, a, a man brought in his daughter to get her first birth control, but the problem is is that she clearly had a feminine penis, and I'm not really sure what to do about that. So I'm open to any suggestions you all might have of how I should how I should branch this subject safely without hurting anyone. Thank you. Have a good day. You know what I mean? Dude, it was wild. I couldn't believe it. It was, I, I don't ever bring my phone with me, but man, I wanted my phone and it was a Sunday. So they closed early. So I did, I would have gone home and got my phone if I thought I could get in there and snap it. So now I got to go back again on a Sunday because I, I got to get a picture of that thing before she cuts the hair off. You got to you got to get uh like t-shirts with a breast pocket and then just start rocking the cell phone with the camera pointed out just recording like leave your house just hit record and just pop that thing in the pocket. I'll just pretend that I work for Project Veritas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, I, this is kind of off topic, but I had it on one of my on one of my topics for today. But you know what? So like, it's fucking crazy that Biden went to Ukraine, like the day after Trump went to fucking Palestine. Yeah, dude, what a fucking moron! And then Mayor Pete shows up like an asshole. I, I mean, nobody wants to see you. What the fuck are you gonna do? Yeah. So I was like. If I lived in Palestine, you know what I'd be doing right now? I'd be loading up my fucking 12 gauge with bird spray and I'd just be shooting every fucking bird I could 
Like if I could find a hundred birds on a line and just get as many as I can in succession, and then I just start dumping them in public waterways just to fuck with these people. <laughs> could you imagine the CNN report? It's like, well, we thought it was birds. <laughs> we thought it was the top six bill, but in fact, people are just assholes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, yeah, the whole Biden going to Ukraine instead of Ohio is just, it's, uh, in my opinion, it's just another, just like giant, giant, giant middle finger to the, to United States citizens and, um, big dick in the throat. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, you, you know, mean, it's just it's just suck more, it, Palestine. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's just uh, time and time again, he's just basically uh, just saying, "I don't give a shit." Um, hopefully, this next election will, you know, people will actually get out and the the uh, they'll get them the fuck out of there because I don't know a whole lot of people that are okay with everything that's going on another interesting thing that yeah uh what was it uh so now now they're admitting that uh covid19 was released from wuhan and so now now and what i what i see happening so now they're gonna accept that and they're just gonna try to uh gloss over the fact that it so many people were deplatformed, demonetized, banned from social medias and everything because that was apparently uh, uh, false information before. But uh, now, now they're gonna just point the finger at China and be like, "No war with China. They did this yeah. to us. No them. Let's go." Yep. Exactly. Yep. Good <laughs> money for you. Good fucking. Good eye. You fuck. I don't even need to cover the story at this point because you just nailed it. That's exactly what's going on there. This is a perfect time for them to pivot to China. Like, and what I, I'm guessing you didn't hear this story. Let's see. Uh, it'll take me a second to find it because I got way too many fucking stories. China releases 12 point peace plan for Russia Ukraine war. Huh. Bet you didn't hear about that, did you? Nope. Of course not, because they don't want people to hear about that. I've got a couple of their of their um, of their points. So number one, iPhone twelve hundred dollar. <laughs> number two, Galaxy Quest eleven hundred dollar. Oh, you get a discount. Number three, chicken chow mein eight dollar. <laughs> number four, sweet and sour pork eight dollar. Number five, one free fortune cookie. Oh, did you look at that? you know i don't i honestly i don't see why china would want this war at all like it doesn't make china wants to make money and rule over the this whole like dude the the corporate press is just so wild it's like putin's a madman yet it's laughable that he'll use nuclear missiles uh they're losing in russia they oh my god look they can't even beat ukraine but he's also going to invade all of europe at the same time you know what i mean and then it's like china who wants to kill us all. They just want to kill us all, but also are codependent on us for their survival. It, it, what are you going to do? You're going to start taking out all your customers? How fucking... And I think we've gone over this before. Like, the average wage in China is like 
less than a thousand dollars a month. How are you going to take over the world on a thousand dollars a month right. for your general population? It doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm pretty sure. I think it's just a. I'm pretty sure I heard that. Well, I can't remember if it was China or not, but they're like, you know, healthcare, whatever. I don't know what the word like. Their stipend for healthcare from the government used to be thirty eight dollars a month, and it got reduced to twelve. I, I don't. I feel like it <laughs> wasn't China. I feel like it was another country, but. Another communist country. That may be like a Japan thing. Yeah, or something. maybe. But, uh... Because they're both suffering from aging populations, yeah. you know. And as these populations... I mean, they wonder what... Like, leftists used to want to get Medicare for All put through. Now they're just like, yeah, we can't do that. Like, we're, we're not stupid. You know, we don't have the money for that shit. <laughs> Ugh. It's, it's just a real fucking mess, you know? I mean, they've caused war after fucking war. They've it's wild that like there's Americans are so fucking brainwashed that they're just gung ho to jump on the next thing. It's like, oh, COVID's over, Ukraine. And everybody's just like, Yeah, kill you fucking Ukraine. There was that that anti war protest in Washington, DC last week, and the only press coverage it got from the corporate news was Rachel Maddow showing a guy waving a Russian, but they're like, oh, look, a, a pro, a pro Russia rally. And dude, they're like, it's wild. Like Ron Paul spoke there. Tulsi Gabbard spoke there. She's like, one of the speakers was a guest host of Tucker Carlson. And that's how she like throws shade at Tulsi Gabbard. It's like, fuck you, <laughs> man. Like Tulsi Gabbard's what you used to pretend to be. Yeah. Like straight up, like Rachel Maddow pretended to be Tulsi Gabbard until it was inconvenient. And now she's just, you know, no different than Sean Hannity in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, dude, Sean Hannity, he's just the fucking worst. I watch Tucker like once or twice a week and every once in a while I let it roll to Hannity just to see what he says. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it's such a crazy thing when you see the shift from Tucker to Hannity. It's like, I've, oh, I've seen it. Yeah, this is <clears throat> I've seen it. You've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, dude, Hannity's fucking terrible. Yeah. He's the worst. Like you hear Tucker, you're like, OK, I like that. I like that. That's a little sketchy. Sometimes I don't understand how he can disconnect on something dude, I, like <laughs> especially with drugs. Where, like, he'll be like, oh, it's all about bodily autonomy, and the left used to think that, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, we should throw people in jail for smoking marijuana on the next segment. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? How do you do this? And, like, 10 years from now, when weed, like, starts going legal, he's going to be like, I I was wrong. You know, I don't know how I got this one wrong. It's like, yeah, we do. (laughs) You're an idiot. (laughs) I saw. It's what It makes me think that he's faking it, to be honest. Like, I don't know if he's faking it or not, but, like... When he does shit like that, I I I want to go, man. You're he's so slick and he's so fucking good at what he does, and he's pretty funny and like he's a terrible interviewer, but like you go, know, oh, that's so brave of you. Thank you for saying that. I I really appreciate you saying. Why doesn't somebody else say that? You know, he always says the same shit on his interviews, which is fine. You know, I I don't pretend to be a good interviewer. My my last interview wasn't even an interview. I think I probably talked as much as. Jackman did. (laughs) (laughs) I saw. I'm not going to let that happen again. (laughs) I saw a fucking hilarious uh, meme that like fucked up anytime I see Tucker Carlson, but it was like just a 
classic picture of him just sitting there, just like looking, wait, like listening to somebody's interviewing talk or something like that. And it was something to the effect of why does Tucker always look like a dog staring at its owner holding a tennis ball or something like that? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, <laughs> fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's the Tucker smirk. Yeah. Did you see that one that I posted on Instagram the other day? It was uh it had the picture of the two runners and the one was like that jacked fucking oh, man and yeah, the other one yeah. was like a small black girl. <laughs> it was like if you go on Tucker, I will fuck you up, bigot. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh the one that really cracked me up was the was the one with uh the the tranny whoever that thing is who steals the luggage transcribed over Alex Jones's face. <laughs> yeah. That was fucking good. <laughs> so what, uh, so I feel like, I feel like ahead. the, um, like the, uh, how, like you said, for some reason, Americans especially, but it's like COVID and then, and then, you know, it's just like the next, the next, like, um, uh, news headline or whatever. And then it's like, everybody seems to forget about the shit that just happened like six months ago. It's like, let's, yeah. let's remember that, but address this new stuff. Uh, does that Here, have anything to do imagine with the you're playing, Like, imagine you're playing leapfrog. Like me and you are playing leapfrog with a couple other people. You jump over somebody's back yeah. and then you jump. You come over to me, and instead of, like, jumping over my back, I kick you in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. And then you just go, for five minutes, and you go, all right, let's try that again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's move on to the next one. Then you get kicked in the nuts again. And that goes on for 80 years. You just keep getting kicked in the nuts. You go, all right, let's let's go to the next one. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. You see, you know? Yeah. It's like... It's like what is that? Uh, um, late the the football, Charlie Brown and the football. Mm-hmm. He just keeps, you know, every fucking time. That bitch Lucy. Yeah. Yeah. Royal cunt. Yeah, man. It. Yeah. They. It. It's a. It's almost like it's hypnotism in a way. Like. I don't. I don't really like interact with people like that anymore. So it's hard for me because I kind of live on the internet and I don't really go out all that much and know that many people. So it's kind of hard for me to gauge like what the normal American actually thinks and feels at this point. Yeah. Like every once in a while, you know, you listen to Alex, Oh, people are waking up and this and that. And you're like, Oh yeah, you get all fired up. And then you see something in, in reality where you're just like, no, they're not. These people are morons. So, Dude, yeah. I, I don't know. I swear it has to do with population. Like, the the closer more people are together, the fucking dumber the, the fucking dumber they are. You you spread people yeah. out a little more <clears throat> and a little more common sense and take that for whatever you want. But that science. <laughs> yeah, but... You know, don't you want to move to a 15-minute city? No. I mean, that's the future, Nolan. Right? Hey, man, we just got we just got a Chick-fil-A. I'm happy with that right now. And see, the sad thing is, is the that, like, um, my ex-wife would, would have been all in on something like that. She'd been like, oh, this is great. 
Like, and not even have, like, thought of any of the other, like, ramifications. Just be like, oh, I get to get coffee, and then I go to work. And, like, that's kind of the airheaded ditziness, I think, of America, yeah. where they don't even see the electric fence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we're going to put up a Jurassic Park fence at the edge of your city. But it's like, well, I don't go to the edge because my work's over there. So what what do you mean? There's no fence. What are you talking about, fence? It's yeah. not a fence. It's like, what do you mean? There's no fence. It's right fucking there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna uh I was gonna lay off a Harley Davidson for this week, at least. <laughs> but but yeah. then that story came across, man, and I just <sighs> couldn't fucking help myself. One hundred and fifteen year old Harley Davidson becomes the most expensive bike sold at auction at nine hundred and thirty five thousand dollars. Isn't that fucking wild? So not even a month after that, your boss, the moron, goes on and gives an interview saying, we're going to be all electric in the future. They sell the most expensive bike ever. But, you know, we should just change everything we're doing. Uh, Well, like I said, uh, the whole thing of Harley as uh, up until today, it's the big part of their company is heritage and there's a whole lot of uh engineering design aspects of their bikes even their current ones that don't make any sense but they do things that way because it makes harley davidson riders feel like it's still the same bike from 1960 or 1970 or what have you yes it makes the bike worth something it's craftsmanship that's what it really is. It's it's craftsmanship. This bike is worth something because it was built with American pride, with, you know, steel from this country. That's why those bikes were what they were. Yeah. And, you know, I to bring in some asshole who's then gonna just nuke the entire company for ESG is wild. So I thought, you know. Maybe I got this guy wrong. Let's let's so let's do a little bit of research <laughs> and get to know your boss. So, Yoshan Yetz Zietz, I can't even pronounce his fucking name, is the president, CEO, and chairman of the board of Harley Davidson. He served, you know, so as the chairman and board of Harley Davidson, you'd think you know this guy's probably born into it. Maybe his grandfather, his great-grandfather started this company, or maybe they worked on the line and worked their way up throughout, you know, and, and then they passed it down, down the, the torch to his son. You know, that's that's got to be what's going on, right? His, his grandfather shot an American off of a Harley David, Army issue Harley Davidson, then took that bike back to his German village and gave it to his father, who then passed it down to him. <laughs> yes that's how he got his first harley has to be right okay he served as the chairman and ceo of puma for 18 years puma like like the athletic shoe company company. yeah the fucking shoe company (laughs) yeah well maybe he's maybe he's just a lifelong harley maybe that's you know that doesn't mean he didn't get his first Harley that way, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. He also served as the board member of luxury goods company Caring, 
and chaired the Sustainability Committee for whom he developed its Global Sustainability Strategy. Oh, that sounds just all nice and warm and toasty inside. Mm -hmm. That makes you feel great, right? Mm -hmm. Zietz co-founded the Global Nonprofit Initiative, the B-Team. He also founded Zietz Museum Contemporary Art Africa. Oh, so he's a... (laughs) So he's also a colonizer. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's got his roots in in uh, apartheid South Africa, and uh, as of June 2022, Zietz is a board member of Harley Davidson, the B Team, financial services company Kramache, and the Con- uh, Kenya Wildlife Service. Zietz also previously served on the board of ecotourism company. Wilderness safaris. That sounds like a scam. So, nothing about motorcycles. Here, early life. Zietz was born in Germany. He studied in Germany, Italy, France, and the United States and graduated from European Business School and International Marketing. Not a goddamn thing about motorcycles. But, you know, that's that's just Wikipedia. He doesn't have any control of it, so... Let's let's read something that he wrote. Oh, fuck. This is Jochen Zietz LinkedIn profile about as president and CEO of Harley Davidson. My focus is leading an iconic company as the most desirable motorcycle brand in the world and delivering our mission and vision for riders and enthusiasts. I am passionate about socially and environmentally conscious global business practices and co-founded the B Team was Sir Richard Branson to bring together the world's top business leaders to help others find a better way of doing business, prioritizing a well-being of people and the planet alongside making profit. So, you know, it's always great when they they put the well-being of, you know, the rest of the world before making money for their stockholders. Yeah. You know? Let's see what else he says. I am also co-founder of the Zietz MOCAA and founded the Zietz Foundation, The Long Run, which studies safeguards of 21 million acres and touches the lives of 750,000 people worldwide. So, again, not a fucking thing about motorcycles. Like, you would think as a CEO of what he called the most desirable motorcycle brand in the world— You'd at least lie and say, I, I, it was a dream come true to take this job as, as, as a lifelong motorcycle enthusiast. This was just the best position, but no, not a goddamn thing. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned before how, so, uh, I've, I've heard. And in fact, sorry, like, and in fact, like he's actually involved in things that are actively trying to get rid of the motorcycle industry. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. But, uh, I, I've, I've heard that Harley has a pretty high turnover rate of CEOs and yeah, you betcha. Um, call me crazy, but maybe they brought this guy in for the interim until hopefully maybe, you know, there's a presidential change. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I think this is a, I think this is a, we're going to separate ourselves 
from the rest of the industry by doing this social responsible capitalism, stakeholder capitalism. So stakeholder capitalism isn't like having a fiduciary duty to your stockholders. That's we have a duty to make the best product for the people that are affected by our product. So maybe that means we need to make these things a little bit quieter yeah. because, you know, people out there don't like the noise. So maybe that's one of the things we'll do. Like I, I don't think this is a, I think this is a, hey, we're going to go a different direction. We're going to bring this guy in who's one of these, you know, billionaire CEO socialists who wants to bring in this new age of capitalism where everybody gets their fair share and everybody's taxed fairly and blah, blah, blah. I think that they're trying to make themselves into like, I don't know, dude, imagine like having a sticker on the tank. This bike is ESG friendly. Like (laughs) that'd bring in some serious fucking investors because they can go, all right, now we can dump our money into this thing and get write-offs for all this bullshit. Send them right to Ukraine. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But Uh, I I don't... That's that's why I think it has to be kind of like a temporary, temporary just maybe try to... I don't know, float by this fucking weird ass time for a few years because there's absolutely no way in my mind how the Harley Davidson brand could ever, ever go 100% electric. Like, you know, maybe, maybe in like a thousand years. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I I have no, I fuck no fucking idea. But as far as the next hundred years, for them to go completely electric, it's not going to be Harley Davidson anymore. That like I don't know, man. Even even just the transition from their classic um, <laughs> platforms to the new Revolution Max engine platform, that in my opinion was a huge diversion from their norm, and in my opinion, a good step into the future. But but that that was such a minor minor thing for them to go from from where they're at to 100% electric and and then the live wire I feel like was a perfect experiment so here's this is the this is the point I was going to make so try not to like let's try and look at it this way for a second don't look at this guy as a person (laughs) look at this guy what is this guy he is the live wire essentially (laughs) right like he comes in I'm at sustainability, ESG, blah, 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 the whole thing. He is the live wire. If you were going to bring somebody in to do that job that you're talking about, let's bring somebody in who talks the talk and will, like, get through this bullshit until Trump gets back into office. <laughs> let's let's say that. You know what I mean? Um, the live wire is, you know, $140 million. That's the most expensive pair of golden handcuffs I've ever heard of. Yeah. Because you would want this guy, if that is your guy, you know what I mean? If this is just your figurehead for the time being. If he's your Joe Biden, you know what I mean? If he's your Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. You don't want him to have much power. Like, how much power does Joe really have at this point? None. Every true. time he says something, his flack comes out and, like, you know, translates for him. Oh, well, he didn't really mean that. It's like, well, that's what he said. Yeah, but the live... You know what I mean? So, like, if you were going to have that guy 
you would want to have him locked down. You like, look, dude, we're gonna give you two hundred thousand. You know, uh, half a million. Who knows? This guy probably makes a couple million a year. Let's say we're gonna give you five million dollars a year to talk this shit, but you're not. You don't have any fucking power whatsoever. Like. I could see that, and maybe we'll give you a small bike program. Like, we'll give you the live wire program, but we're not giving you $140 million. But then you always, then you also have to, to bring in the possibility that that live wire scam is his scam. All his people yeah. that he's, you know, his, his nonprofits, all his bullshit, all those people that he's on boards with, he go, hey, I'm in Harley. We're going to make this live wire. We're going to get it all jacked up. We're going to get a bunch of investors in. Then you're going to be able to yank your money and, and make a cool profit. And Harley's going to be left with the bill. And I'm out of here in a couple of years. <laughs> but I, I feel like I would have to look. I'm not sure when he became Harley's CEO, but I. 2017. When? 17. Really? Oh. Yeah. Okay. When did the. So that's like. When did the Livewire that's program Livewire. start though? Like 19. Yeah. All right. Well, like that, I that think was my it, only I real think question. It first hit. Yeah, I think it first hit shelves on, or like got out to the stores in nineteen or twenty. Yeah, but you know, so that would be and development like that would is... be about the perfect time he's going to come in because they're going to ask you. You know, you're interviewing a new CEO. What are you going to do? How are you going to bring value to the the best motorcycle in the world? What are you going to do? I'm going to bring you into the next century. We're going to start a new program. We're going to sell electric bikes to China. We're going to sell electric bikes to the Philippines. We're going to sell them in Japan. Fuck Americans. We don't like these people anyways. We're all Democrats here, right? Right. Good. <laughs> Fuck these people. We're going to bring in the new... I think that's what happened. I think he got them all jacked up. They go, hey, look, we're we're not selling bikes anymore. Our, our whole fucking demo is aging out and dying we got to do something to bring it into the to the new century and i think this guy sold him on that bullshit got all jacked up on speed and went in there and said yeah you'd want bikes <laughs> no more gas bikes as he's crushing up adderall on his hand no more fossil fuels <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think that's what's going on. I just don't see like that would be the most expensive Joe Biden. Like, well, I mean, Joe Biden's it, it, he's doing pre, you know, I don't know, man, without knowing more about like how to about these finances. And like I tried looking into that deal and figuring out who made the money. And it's like, good luck figuring that shit out into the what? <laughs> I don't know who made the fucking money. Huh? Into the what? Look into oh into that live wire oh, deal yeah, that yeah, S pack yeah. that they did. I was looking into it to see who made the money, and it's like I don't know yeah. who made the fucking money. Who knows? At who the made end the of the money. end of the day, somebody Black made Rock, the money. Vanguard, yeah, it's like that's yeah. the end, or end all fucking, be all of everything, right? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was some fucking nonprofit that this asshole's connected to. <laughs> Uh, okay, at, like, nonprofits my, are the new thing. Oh, for sure. You for remember sure. our remember our CEO of of Patagonia, where he's yeah, got that yeah, fucking yeah. scam set up, where he's got all the voting rights <laughs> and no taxes now. Nonprofits are the most profitable companies around. <laughs> Ta- yeah, dude. Tax-free. Bill Gates has increased his net wealth by like twenty percent since he went nonprofit. Uh, 
Mm. Have you seen? So I have this oh, this thing pulled up. Harley actually put out this. Um, they have this book. It's a 2021 book. It's called Further Faster Together. Together, Inclusive Stakeholder Management Report. So this is literally like socialist capitalism. This is you remember that guy? Um, I think his name's John Mack. He he created Whole Foods, and then he came up with this fucking. Oh, we're going to do, he calls it like conscious capitalism or some bullshit like that, which is just like a buffer word for socialism, essentially. And then his his fucking business started going to shit and people started trying to unionize on him. And he's like, well, I don't know if this is such a great idea. <laughs> but yeah, dude, you flip into this book and it's got this, the guy, it's got the guy, the CEO on the front page and he's wearing like all Harley gear and he's sitting on top of an adventure bike. But the gear's brand new. It's like that picture of Mayor Pete in in the photo where he's got all that brand new construction gear on. And he's just like leaning up against a bike. And it's like, dude, you don't even look like you've ridden that bike for five minutes. It's so wild how they like can't even, I don't know. They can't even figure out how to put together a good propaganda pamphlet. <laughs> yeah, but that that's that those are fine point details that only experienced seasoned riders would care about which is a smaller percentage of motorcycle riders i guess but yeah i watched an interesting interview with justin barsha yesterday or the day before uh somebody asked him about the uh the new super motocross thing and he was just like fuck man and he you could see him kind of like should i say this should i not Mm -hmm. say it and then he was kind of being diplomatic about what he was saying but then he went on to say like the exact same thing that i said it's too many fucking races we need to have more motocross less supercross yeah tone this shit down it's just too fucking much and as soon as like i could see him saying i was like oh man here it comes like this is a first they're gonna let he's gonna let it go out of all the riders he's the one i would expect to say something because just kind of how he is and yeah man i fuck man i think it's such a big mistake that they're making i think they're really jacked up on hayden deegan um he's got you know this massive social media following and i think they're going look the next generation of kids coming up have got social media so it's just gonna blow us up we're gonna be able to pack the stands with all these people and that that was kind of the case in in anaheim like you could hear the crowd blow up every time he did something. So, like, they got a point, but that was in one city. Like, they were right back to not selling tickets again last weekend. Yeah. So I think it's a big fucking mistake. Well, I mean. Big. If anything, fucking just keep it all, I guess, you know, localized. Las Vegas, Anaheim, San Diego. Yeah. And just make, that it, was my, make it like well, a. That was kind of my point. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. You do, Televise you, it. You've got Vegas, San Diego. Exactly. You got you get Vegas. You got Anaheim, San Diego. You do a Northern California round. Yeah. Uh, then you do Daytona, Texas, and maybe another big city. But aside from that, you go fuck it. That's it. That's enough. Yeah. We can do ten of these things instead of eighteen yeah. or twenty-one. Yeah. However many they're going to do. Hit now. each spot twice. Do you know? Whatever. And you don't even need to do it twice. I would say ten supercrosses is plenty. Yeah. I would go I would go twelve outdoor, ten supercross, and then your three 
playoff rounds have 13. Uh, that was one thing I, th- I th- felt like I was going to say last time. Like, uh, why not do, you know, less, like you are saying, less Supercross, but throw in, um, you know, in some of the outlier areas, throw in some of those fucking straight rhythm races. That's that. That was another one of the. I think I might have made that point before, but yeah. Then it would be more like an event. Yeah, you know, something that like people like little, actually want to go out and exhibition. See. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, still you could racing. figure out a way to do straight rhythm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like for the top guys, yeah. you know, maybe for the top guys, like that'll be your, you know, that's your playoff or something like. Maybe the, who knows? But like I was explaining on the last episode. Supercross is essentially a race for one obstacle at this point, the whoops. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, everybody else can turn pretty good. You know, Nate Thrasher was doing a a badass fucking line. First moto this weekend. First moto, he's like, there's this um, double into a a box jump, like one of the, you know, those tunnel jumps. So you're going over it. So, like, everybody was going inside, roll, roll, jump. Some of the guys were rolling outside, double in, jump. This dude's hucking the double through the inside line on a 250F. And then nobody does it in the 450s, in the, in the first 450 moto. And then comes second 250 moto, all the 250s are doing it. Second 450 moto, all the 450s are doing it. <laughs> and that kind of proves my point again. Like, dude, the 250F is j- plenty fast, you know? Yep. I heard some one of the guys uh like on a YouTube video the other day like rode a 450 for the first time I don't remember who it was and he was like dude this bike is fucking insane he's like I don't know why normal people why a normal person would ever buy one of these things like you could just get a 250F and that's from a pro rider you know and that was kind of been my point for a long time like 450s kind of destroyed the sport because they're too fucking fast yeah. like you could have a 300 or a 350 be just fine you know, two fifty Fs. I mean, I think if you gave a guy a choice right now, say you gave Jet Lawrence the fastest two fifty F rider, if you go, all right, look, you can ride a two fifty F or two fifty two stroke in this class. They're gonna pick two fifty F every time, right. and it's like you know the two fifty two stroke was the top bike, and you know now it's not even. I mean, there's one guy who try he qualifies every now and then on a 252 stroke. But aside from that, you know, these things are too fucking fast. It's, it's just the bottom line. The tracks can't handle it. The riders can't handle it. Chase Sexton's the fastest dude on two wheels right now, and he's crashed at the end of, like, three of, his, uh, three of the races this year. And it's like one of these crashes where you can't even really pinpoint a mistake. It's just he's screaming and then he's on the ground yeah and it's these bikes are so fast and the suspension is so fucking stiff that if you make one little slip up on one of these they're just too fucking tight and before you know it you're on the ground nope you know people are crashing all the time even the top guys are crashing right now usually the top guys don't crash out all that much but the tracks are just fucking beat and they're doing these um they call them triple crowns now oh yeah where you do instead of like have you seen those? So instead of doing a qualifier heat race uh, main, you just do three mains. And dude, by the end of the third main, the track's fucking destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they either need to, uh, well, 
there's nothing really you can do on Supercross. They're temporary. It's temporary shit. They either got to break them up like a couple nights and do a lot of grooming between them or something, you know? what? There's no other solution. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't work. Like, for a lot of the guys, like, they win because the track gets destroyed, yeah. you yeah. know? <laughs> Chase Sexton's screaming on the track early on in qualifiers. He's setting down blazing laps, but by the end of the race, Cooper Webb is is on him, and he's able to take these inside lines that nobody else can take. And uh, it's it's pretty slick watching him. The other day, he on a weekend before last, everybody was tripling on top of this step on step off. So it was triple on step off, and in the the end of the main. He just starts quadding all the way over the fucking thing from the outside <laughs> and gaining on everybody. Nobody else found the line. It's like, man, pretty slick. And it was a it that would have been a terrifying jump. I could have dude, some of the stuff they got these guys doing, the step on, step offs are just insane. But the dragons back. They had a dragon back to step on, step off this weekend. It's like, dude, yeah. I mean, you want to die? Is that, is that what you wanted? You just want to see somebody die? You want to show? Are you not entertained? I mean, are... <laughs> oh, it was that. we will see you next week. Good night.